Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is Season 3, Episode 13. And on this episode, we sit down with Lane Kawioka, the CEO and founder of Simple Passive Cash Flow, and we learn about how he invests in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Okay, so today on the We Invested podcast, we have here with us Lane Kaoka, the founder and CEO of Simple Passive Cashflow. He's also a 2018 official member of the Forbes Real Estate Council, and he currently controls over 3,500 units in over eight states. Lane, what's going on? How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me, Wesley. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us. Um, so I just kind of want to get straight into it, man. Real, real estate is a... A, a big topic and it's, it's huge in the investment world um so just to let the people know if you could let the people know how exactly you got your start in real estate yeah so i bought a property to live in because i followed all the financial dogma they tell you to do right but because i was a young engineer working on the road a lot i was never home so i just decided to rent it out and that was a, that was where I caught this bug. Um, Twenty two hundred a month was the the amount for the the rents, and the mortgage was sixteen hundred. And to a young twenty something year old kid, that was a lot of beer money at the time. And I was like, shoot, if I just save up more money and buy more of these properties, I will be able to fire my boss and quit my day job. But um, but yeah, I'm more of a buy and hold passive investor. Um, I use the money from my day job to fund down payments. Um, don't wholesale, don't flip houses, don't do any of that more active stuff. Just buy and hold passive. For sure, for sure. And so you said the first way you got into it was pretty much house hacking? Yeah, I guess you would probably say that, or some people call it like accidental landlord. Um, I didn't live anywhere, in fact, like for a few years. I just lived off the company dime and went from hotel to hotel. Um, but yeah, that's how you start a fire, right? You got to suck it up, buttercup, and like just invest it. Take all that money and invest it. For sure, for sure. So what is Simple Passive Cash Flow and like how did you start that? Yeah, so Simple Passive Cash Flow um, got created in 2016, almost, I would say like seven years after I started investing because all my friends were asking me like, well, how do you buy all these properties remotely like in Birmingham when I was living in Seattle? And they were like, you don't even visit the properties? What the heck, man? And I was like, yeah. So I was telling them how I did it. And, you know, friends are, right? They, they ask a bunch of questions and they never do anything. So I got really frustrated. And then I just was like, dang it, I'm just going to like record this stuff before I forget it. So a lot of the first dozen podcasts were very tactical. Like, how do you buy a remote rental property? Who do you go? Where do you buy it from? You know, some of the numbers, rent-to-value ratios. Um, and that was kind of where it all started from there. Nice, nice. So how would you define um, passive cash flow investing? Yeah, passive cash flow investing is, you know, the hard thing about passive cash flow is to get it, get that wheel turning, um, getting the down payment for the property. But once you have it set up, you, you kind of focus on properties that meet that 1% rent to value ratio where your income is going to exceed all the expenses, which include re repairs, maintenance paying a property manager to run it for you um, and any other big expenses like vacancy coming up. 
Um, and then just rinse, wash, repeat, and do it again. Create another passive cash flow stream um, after you acquire and save up more money. For sure. So when you're out here like buying these properties and, and analyzing deals, what specific criteria do you look for? Yeah, so like I said, the, the first thing is that rent-to-value ratio, which is a big thing. So we stick to properties at 1% or higher. So you find the rent-to-value ratio by taking the monthly uh, income, dividing it by the purchase price. So something that rents for a thousand bucks a month divided by a hundred grand, that's 1%. So that, that works, right? You get that move on to step two, due diligence and et cetera. But if it's under there, like, you know, a lot of places like California, you know, you're lucky to find a property that's 400 grand and the, the, the monthly rents is like 2000. So that's 2000 divided by 400 grand is that's pretty much no, uh, that ain't going to work. It's half a percent. No bueno. Um, so that's kind of the big thing and that anybody can do. They can go on Zillow, find out what properties are, are market price for. It's not going to be the perfect resource, but it gets you close. So that's, that's the main thing Buy properties at cash flow. For sure. For sure. And so I was kind of doing some digging and research on you and I saw that you had three personal rules of investing. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with the audience and exactly what your three rules are. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, what do you think of like Bitcoin or what do you think of like gold or, or this or that? I mean, I always just tell them like, Hey, the three rules are number one, it has to be leverageable, right? Like real estate is great because you get these Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans that are really subsidized, right? Nor in the, in the world, do you get this nice debt, government backed debt to pick up this stuff. They're almost begging you to do this. In fact, they, they are. Right, because they want to stimulate like workforce housing, and they want um, place. They need places for people to live, so they need landlords. Uh, second thing is like the rule is like a hard asset. Like real estate is a hard asset, just like how gold is, and it's in fact better because I think you you also like it's like a mixed commodity. You know, the lumber, the land. There's multiple commodities in there, and then the third and probably most important thing is the cash flows. Right, it's not one of this like buy low sell high type of things but it's, it's giving you cash flow and an income stream today that you can eat off of, right? It's the oxygen that you breathe. So there's very few things that hit on all three of those, um, like real estate, like Bitcoin. I mean, you, you, could, you could probably argue if it's a real asset or not, but it doesn't cash flow, right? It doesn't put food on the table. Um, same thing like gold, right? For sure, man. And that's the most important part to any business, man, making sure that it cash flows and produces income. Um, another thing that I saw you kind of touch on is um, turnkey properties. So if you could explain exactly what a turnkey property is. Yeah. So most people, they hear about real estate investing and like it, it's a little overwhelming, right? Just like any new thing, and especially when you're dealing with, you know, more than a thousand, ten thousand dollars of money, right? It can be very daunting. But the, I always kind of like, I tell, I got to kind of trick people right into this stuff because I know the stuff works, right? I was able to quit my day job doing that stuff. And it, the hardest thing is the first property. So the lower that barrier, there's things called turnkey rentals out there where, you know, rehabbers, they'll fix up, prop, they'll take crappy properties and they'll fix it up, put new plumbing, electrical, new flooring, new appliances, new roof, new HVAC, they'll, they'll fix it up. Sometimes they'll even put a tenant in there for you. And sometimes they'll even get a property manager 
uh, or they'll do the property management for you. I mean, I always tell my students to get a third party property manager just to avoid that conflict of interest. But I mean, you can get this thing pretty turnkey um, where all you have to do is come with a down payment for the house and get your own loan on it. So it, it's a great way to get started, kind of to swim on the shallow end of the pool before you go to the deep end. Um, and it's how I got started. And um, luckily I did it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So with your, uh, with your company, Simple Passive Cashflow, um, what's your target market or target audience? Yeah, I mean, we mostly work with like high-end clients, uh, doctors, lawyers, engineers, people who are credit investors, million dollar net worth and above or making over a hundred grand a year. It's kind of our clientele. Um, like a turnkey rental, you need a usually a $20,000 down payment, right? Like, so we work with people who have some money, right? Like, if, because this is real estate investing. If you don't have money, you know, you can't invest, sorry, you know? You got a money problem. And I'm not one to kind of teach about, you know, managing your debt. I mean, there's like Susie Orman, there's Dave Ramsey for that kind of stuff. But if you're good with your money, you got some cash liquid funds, and you want to kind of take it to the next level, this is what the wealthy do, right? This is what gets them onto a track of getting into larger deals, getting better tax benefits. And that's what it's really all about, getting into that arena. For sure. So what ROIs can your investors expect from investing with you? Yeah, I mean, like when, if they go to my website and go to simplepastacashflow.com slash returns, um, I kind of break down what you can typically see for like a turnkey rental. Um, and when you, you might only cash flow five or 10%, but that's only one of four ways you're making money, right? You're also making money with the tax benefits, saving taxes there, the mortgage pay down because your tenant is paying your mortgage for you and also paying, you know, paying down your principal. So that's building up in the background and also the property should appreciate over the years at a leverage amount. So when you add up all those, um, I mean, typically you're seeing like 20, 30% at least. And which was the question I asked when I first got it started, like a 10 years ago, it was like, well, why the heck isn't everybody doing this? Why would I want to put money into this retirement account where I'm trapped in all these investments, making only like five to 8%. And then I started to realize that this whole system is engineered to steal all our money and keep us working forever, right? Your expense ratio on your, your mutual funds might show 0.01%, but that ain't all the expenses that they're stuffing on a different light item. For sure. You got your front end loads and yeah, the selling fees for sure. So well, 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 a lot of them don't have that, right? I mean, they don't have that, but it's hidden within the PLs of the investment, right? Like all the right. marketing fees. For sure, man, for sure. So, um, you know, with everything that's been going on with COVID, it's been a lot of, I guess, mortgage forgiveness and mortgage help. But um, I guess people are saying, I guess, is going around that January 2021 or the year 2021 is supposed to be the year of distressed assets. Um, basically speaking on the upcoming housing market crash. So how do you feel about that and how will you use that to your advantage? I mean, I, so I don't buy houses because houses are based off comparable sales, AKA emotion and what the, your, your unsophisticated neighbor bought it for. 
this is why I trade in more of the commercial world where it's based off net operating income divided by a cap rate. That's the market price. It's all numbers based. Um, so I'm sort of insulated from all that nonsense that happens on the, the residential letter level. Um, but I think a lot, so there's some apartment owners out there in distress there and for brands right there, but I just don't buy those. Like, again, I buy, I buy properties that are stabilized, 90% occupied or more that don't have problems already. Right. I'm not dumpster diving with distressed assets. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can make a lot of money doing that stuff, but if you're listening at home, you have me about one rental property, stay away from that, please. You're going to get yourself into trouble. For sure, man. So what do you think about more people um, working virtually or working from home? How does how would that impact your business or 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 does it? Um, does it? I'll be honest, I don't care. <laughs> it's just it's just media selling news articles and selling attention. Like how they're always up to it. Right? This okay. happens this happens every single four to six months. There's always some kind of thing, oh, when this happens, right? when this happens when kim jong-un maybe bombs hawaii right or this election happens like i don't care and i say that like when you buy when you're a cash flow investor and you're looking at it more a month-to-month basis and you're buying something that pays for the expenses and then some you're insulated you're good you're g man you don't care about all this noise out there right this is why i like to invest in this stuff workforce housing in good times, it's good. In bad times, well, now all the luxury people that are in $1,500 apartments move into my apartments that run for $700 to $1,000, right? I'm in the middle of America. It, I mean, this is why I invest in this stuff. And yeah, it's really, really boring, but boring is good. So is it, so is it, so do you invest in um, a, a small apartment complexes or are you investing in commercial business spaces yeah all, all bigger than 100 units the 100 units is like the smallest we'll go because we want to have a uh, person in the office all the time and then another guy like a handyman knocking out repair reporters throughout the day and not be third party like how you would when you're an individual landlord you, know, you got like a plumber we have that stuff in house um, sure, that's man. kind so of the, the bare level of economies is so it's kind of like um, similar to, to what Grant Cardone does, just kind of finds deals, um, gets investors in on it, and then it's, it's kind of like a group economics thing, right? Yeah, yeah, except we, we don't buy as nice properties because they don't make sense. I don't know how he makes the numbers work. And we don't have huge acquisition fees, which is how he also makes the numbers work for him, right? Like we align ourselves with our investors and in very simple split schemes um, where I think, I think it, it's a good, it's a good deal. For sure, man. And I work in a, like an investment firm that kind of participates in some of these similar things. And I hear like a lot of people, they kind of get nervous once you hear these like five to 10 year marks of where you can't pull out your cash. So like you really have to go into these deals planning to um, park your money for, you know, a few years. So, I mean, like, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? And when people come to talk to you about that, like, how do you kind of calm them down from those thoughts? Well, I mean, when people say that, I'm like, dude, this isn't for you, man. 
right? Most of our investors are accredited. They don't care about 50 grand and need it, right? They got another, they should have a emergency savings account on the side, right? Yeah. I mean, on, on one side, I feel for like non-accredited investors because non-accredited investors don't have the ability to get into these type of deals. But they they need it the ones that need it the most, right? <laughs> like, cause they're stuck in like the Wall Street garbage, if not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if if you if you don't if you need the money, you should, probably shouldn't invest. That's what I say. For sure. Right. For but sure. what else? I mean, where where else? What are you gonna do with your money, right? Where else would you are you getting a higher return with the tax benefits? In my opinion. Right. Yeah, real estate is definitely a great place to park to park your money and um you know, get your capital gains and then you can do your 1031 exchanges to kind of beat the capital gains. So yeah, it's a lot of benefits to real estate, man. And it's a, especially if you find someone that'll do the hands-on part for you, that'll do the, the property management and finding the deals and analyzing the deals for you. It's definitely um, a smart investment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, I work with more accredited investors and higher net worth guys. I mean, like me personally, I, I paid no taxes this year. I beat Trump by $750, right? That's what it's all about, right? Because we're infusing money into this economy. That's why we get the deductions that we get. Um, and that's what the high, that's the game of the high net worth investor. But, you know, if, I would say if your net worth is under a couple hundred bucks, a couple hundred thousand dollars, yeah, it's turnkey rental is a great way to get started, right? For sure, man. So, when you were starting Simple Passive Cash Flow, how did you know you had the right business idea? I mean, I it wasn't a business idea. It was just to give back, right? Because I was super upset at like what Wall Street was doing to everybody, right? Like my, my parents, they were told to invest in this garbage and that's why they're still working. Right? And they have like doctorates and master's degree. It's a complete lie. It's a sham, right? This is what keeps everybody working. But if you just invest, I mean, if you're, if you're good with your money, you're financially responsible, you can save at least 20, 30 grand a year, just buy a rental property, one per year. After a few years, maybe you're buying two every year, right? And after a while, like, I mean, you follow that model, you can probably be financially free in under 10 years. For sure. Right? It's sure. simple, simple passive cash flow, but you gotta have some money to start off with. Exactly, yeah, that's the, that's the thing too. Planning real estate, it takes money. For sure, because um, you know, you just never know what what can happen, what expenses will pop up, what random things will break. But um, so what's the importance of having a good team for you in this real estate game, man? And how did you find your team? How did you build? Um, I mean, I I partner with the right people, um, and the relationships are everything, right? And part of this is like I tell people, like especially if you're a high net worth accredited investor, you know, going to a local meetup. Uh, especially the free stuff or some internet form is probably not the place you're going to find high net worth other credit investors. Um, credit investors are busy. They're working professionals. They're making over 100, 200 grand a year. Um, they got families. They got responsibilities. They're not at a happy hour with a bunch of bros after work. They got to come home. <laughs> um, so that's the hard part. I mean, I, I think that's the community that I kind of provide for my investors is this curated group of, you know, financially responsible um, people, definitely on the trajectory of financial freedom within the next five to ten years. For sure, man. For sure. So when you were first getting your business started, 
are there any mistakes that you made that you wish you could have avoided or any mistakes that you made that you learned from tremendously? Uh, I'm still working through it. I mean, I think hiring is always a big thing for a business. It's, it's difficult, right? I mean, you are with the people you bring in after a while. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely a growing pain, but you know, you gotta have a good product, right? And I'll, I'll be honest, like I'm not the best sales guys in, in the world. I'm an engineer for goodness sake, but the, the, the deals they sell themselves right i mean they're not come on <laughs> no deal is no deal is the same it's not like apple stock or this mutual fund that are there are commodities right? every deal is unique for sure man so what do you think has been like one of the most critical moments of your business journey like a fight or a flight type of moment um i think when i got to a point where i was able to make six figures just with my mastermind group i felt like i was in a place where i couldn't finally leave my corporate day job behind um the hard thing for a lot of corporate america working professionals making over 100 grand a year is that it's a, it's a lot of big void to replace right so you got to be very sure when you make that jump um you know guy delivering mail making $45,000 a year, probably, you probably should just quit, right? Because this highest and best use is probably somewhere else. But for some people, it's very different. So for me, that was that was a difficult decision to make. And how long did it take for you once you kind of got your business started to feel comfortable enough to leave your nine to five? Well, I started investing in 2009. And then I finally quit my day job, I think 2018. So takes a while right and this is the stuff that i do is i think is pretty low risk um we're not flipping houses right we're not investing for appreciation we're not gambling on that stuff we're just buying properties that are fiscally um conservative on a month-to-month -month basis that has some value add potential and um but it's it's slow right but boring is good the way i feel and i think we've we've shown that through a pandemic i mean People need a place to live, especially in the middle of America, $700 to $1,000 rent. People need that. In fact, the country needs more of that. Yeah, especially out here where I am, man, it's like a shortage. It's a housing shortage in Reno, and I'm sure it's housing shortages everywhere else, but yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, how do you define success as an entrepreneur? Uh, I mean, success as an entrepreneur, money is a big part of it, right? Money is not everything, but it sure makes life easier. And money gives you options. Money gives you the freedom to work where you want, with whom you want, uh, when you want. So that's what, I, what I've kind of defined as financial freedom. And, you know, the business is a way of getting there. For sure, for sure. And so how would you like for people to remember you and your company? Um... I would like to, I mean, the way I have it, I definitely monetize the high end with the masterminds, but not everybody's going to join that stuff, right? Um, some people just rather keep their money in their pocket if, and not jump in. That's cool. Well, check out the podcast. It's all free, right? I mean, hopefully it gets you on your journey. And, you know, if it, if it works, well, then you're probably going to want what's the true currency in life, which is relationships. And that's what we have to offer. For sure. And can you kind of expand more on that? What do you mean you say you have relation? Your, I guess your commodity is relationships. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk to any high net worth investor or anybody who has cash flow coming in on a month to month basis on a magnitude of 10, 20, $30,000 passively every single month. Um, you got your bases covered, man. I mean, 
at that point, it's like, how do you design your life? And a lot of people, yeah, they say they want to just, you know, have all this fancy stuff, nice cars, good things to eat. But I think the what people really want are relationships and with the right people, right? Not just a bunch of rich friends, but the people that were along the journey with you, going into deals, you know, cutting back in the beginning. That's, that's, you can't replace that. That's, people will pay for that, in fact. <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, just look at what is that, like the movies, right? With the guys with, he's got no friends, right? People pay for that stuff. They got friends, trying to get married, needs a best man, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, so look, man, I'm seeing on this on these backgrounds that you have being displayed, different pictures and photos. I see you have some pictures with the bigger bigger pockets, guys, man. So what's the story behind that? Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, they did like a meetup in Hawaii, so that was that was there. But yeah, I mean, we're a little bit different than bigger pockets crowd. Normally, they're into like wholesaling and flipping. Yeah. Um, a lot of more active strategies. We're more passive, right? We're more of a bat cave of high net worth accredited investors, you know, which deals who we work with, different strategies for tax legal. So that's kind of how we're we're very different. For sure, man. And then um, I saw that you were a 2018 official member of Forbes, the, the real estate council, man. How did you how did you get involved with that? Yeah, I mean, it just write some articles and they like it and they post it. So, um, but nowadays I have my own kind of my own platform these days. So I kind of just kind of do my videos on my YouTube channel, my podcasts, and then just kind of rate, uh, write my pillar content, like the tax guide, the retirement guide on simplepassivecashflow.com. That's dope, man. And I see that you offer like a, a few different courses. Would you mind like kind of get into that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I have the the big suite for passive investing, right? Like a lot of this stuff is, I think, is pretty simple when you're specifically talking to high net worth passive investors. Um, again, like all this like tax lien, wholesaling, flipping, we don't do any of that stuff, nor do we do any like 1031 exchanges. I, to me, it doesn't make any sense with bonus depreciation, cost segregations. Um, the The best practices are very simple. But the problem is there's so much noise out there, right? And without a family office consultant on your side, navigating you through the darkness, it's very intimidating. And you can get wrapped up in this podcast and that podcast and what this guy's selling, that guy's selling. But what is, what's, what's really for you and your personal situation? Because every situation is different. So the, the e-course is a great mass, mass education way to kind of, for you to learn it. Um, definitely a step below the, the masterminds that we have. Yeah, that's my second time hearing you, second or third time hearing you bring up the masterminds. So what exactly is the masterminds? Mastermind is like a group of people that are similar and maybe a step ahead of you and kind of on your path, right? So you can have masterminds in different topics like a marketing mastermind or a dentist mastermind, you know, that helps you specifically for that business or that kind of the industry. Um, our mastermind here is for high net worth uh, passive investors, you know, we got a lot of doctors, dentists, engineers, different business folks, um, got some pilots too, for some strange reason. There's a lot of people who like a lot of this, the, the discussions are very like, 
you don't hear about this stuff in the cubicle world, right? Or from your coworkers, from your coworkers, it's like, oh, how do you, you know, what age should you take your retirement or your pension? That's, you know, what are we talking, what are they talking about? Like this nonsense, that's what your grandma and grandpa were talking about. And then, like we said, that, that's, that doesn't work, right? Or buying your house to live in or investing in a retirement account. We don't do that stuff, right? We want all our money outside of the retirement account so we can get our tax deductions so we can pay no taxes today, right? Nice. So the, your network is your net worth. I agree 1000%, man. So are there any future projects or releases, anything that you want to announce? Um, no, a lot of stuff I have, I can't really share um, openly per SEC laws, but um, I would say, you know, if you're trying to buy your first rental property, check out my, uh, my first 12 podcasts were kind of all about picking up your first rental property. Obviously, as my net worth has grown, my strategies have changed. And so you can kind of follow the journey on the podcast. For sure, man. And, and before we wrap it up, just got a quick three question rapid fire game. Um, if you're interested in playing. Yeah, yeah, here we go. For sure, man. First question, where's your favorite place to travel? Uh, I like to go to Japan, I like to eat sushi. Yeah, I don't think you can find a place of that's as safe and as a chaotic at the same time. Nice, nice. So what song explains your life the most? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Something <True>. without words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, would you like EDM or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's great, great <laughs> to get some work done. Yeah, for sure. Look, last question, bro. What's an amazing thing that you did that no one was around to see? Um... Well, yesterday I paid no taxes for 2019. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and what you did it through putting your money in real estate? Yeah, just putting my money in real estate, doing cost segregations to get the bonus depreciation coming back at me and getting those passive losses and using a real estate professional status designation to offset my ordinary income. Simple nice, passive man. cash flow gravy train, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Lane, thank you so much for stopping by and joining us today, man. It's been great. I've definitely learned a lot in this interview, man. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Wesley. Oh, wait, man. Before you go, too, can you let the people know how they can find you on social media? Oh, yeah. They um, they can check me out at simplepassivecashflow.com and then um, check out the podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow, on iTunes, Google Play. Hopefully, they're all, they're all in there. Awesome, man. Thanks, Lane.